This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM, The Fan in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, along with our guy Jacob Westendorf. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf, Ryan Horvath uh, with the day off. Jacob Westendorf uh, filling on as Ryan Horvath tries to get over the norovirus and being able to walk again with his torn groin muscle and everything else that he has going on. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad, Jacob. <laughs> I was going to make some joke about being upset that Rogers isn't like officially back yet or something, but now I don't think I'm going to. No, no, he's uh, no, he's not. In, he's not in really in good shape at all. In fact, he couldn't do this because he had to go to uh, a doctor's appointment again as he's running out of steroids and now he can't walk again. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about Jacob Westendorf for the people that don't know who you are, don't know your deal. Uh, tell everybody kind of your background and what led you to doing uh, a draft guide with our guy, Jacob Morley. Yeah, so I met Morley, um, gosh, it's probably been four or five years now that I've known him. I met him through Ross Uglum, and I've known Ross for probably 10 years. We did From the Benches with PackersTalk.com. That was a podcast once upon a time. Uh, I was interning for Packer Report with Bill Huber at the time when I was in college at UW-Green Bay. And it was kind of just a bunch of different steps from there. It's kind of a cool full circle that I write for Packer Report now when I intern for them, uh, which Ross Uglum owns that now. So that's been uh, another full circle kind of moment. But, yeah, I've been a fan of the team, followed the team my entire life. Um, I'm your classic 90s-born Packers fan. My first memory is Super Bowl 31 and all of those basic canned responses sure. uh, that you get from that. But, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Doing the draft has always been something I've uh, – been a lot of uh, had a lot of passion for so uh, last year Morley asked me if I wanted to help out with uh, the guys for KC Sports Network have run their own guide with Kent Swanson and Matt Lane and some of that group and I said sure we'll do it specific to the Packers and uh, this is year two of, of doing that last year was successful we're looking to build on that and uh, Ross has joined to help us with that as well so there's three of us now instead of two so that should be uh, a lot of fun and it's Eight ninety nine. If you guys pre-order it today, check my timeline, Jacob Morley's timeline, Ross Uglum's, anybody's, you'll find it. Uh, like I said, it's about nine bucks. I think if you if you do today, so not even a lunch. It's funny that um, I talked to Jacob Morley about this because we had Jacob Morley on last year on the Wendy's Big Show with Gary Ellison and Leroy Butler when we were doing the Big Show on SSP, and he was kind of uh, our draft analyst with me and Gary uh, after uh, Packer picks uh, on the draft and different picks really throughout the draft. Uh, he'd come on. And so that's how I've kind of gotten to know uh, Morley. And I told him, and I, I don't know if he passed this along to you or not, or you've heard me talk about it in the past, but 
what, what's cool about what y'all are doing is a that you're doing it and i mean i can make a lot of money off of it whatever the case may be but you're just it's a passion project right uh and yep. my buddy chad Ryder essentially started the same way man he was just doing a free draft guide uh he'd send it to teams he sent it to media outlets whatever the case may be and he would come on with uh, steve the homer true myself back at wisn back in the day um and then that led him down this path of you know uh, working in the National Football League all these years later and being a senior draft analyst now for NFL.com. So I just think it's cool, man. You know, there are a lot of people that say they like stuff, um, but they don't carve out time to try and do something with it. And the fact that you guys are doing what you're doing and doing it at a high level, I, I just think speaks volumes to your passion and your want to. Uh, and who knows? Who knows how this thing plays out? I mean, Packer Report is cool, but NFL.com would probably be cooler uh, or, you know, uh, working at a, at a at a bigger brand. Uh, would be the, the ultimate thing or working in a, in a front office or being a scout or who knows where this leads to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever works. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm happy and content if it, if it is just this, but yeah, whatever, uh, whatever happens kind of happens. I think that one of my thoughts or philosophies on this has always been anybody can read Matt Miller, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShit, you know, name your awesome draft analyst that's out there and does all this stuff. Anybody can kind of read that and piece together whatever opinion they want. I think what you're getting from this group is there's, you know, 10 of us, and these are our opinions, and they may not always align with, like, what the national thought is. And that's kind of one of the great parts about the draft. You know, like, Jacob Morley loves Anthony Richardson from Florida. Me, I'm like, if I'm the general manager, I'm terrified he's going to get me fired. Like, I, I wouldn't draft Anthony Richardson uh, before the second day of the draft. You know, that's something that, I think the conversation and one of the things that's a little frustrating and one of the reasons why we try and combat that is eventually it becomes like, oh, we have the same conversations. You know, I remember, I think it was 2019, the Packers had two first round picks. And by the end of the combine, everyone had decided, well, okay, we want Brian Burns and Dalton Reisner. And everyone loves those two players. Like, That's not possible. Like, there's no way that all of you like the same exact players. And granted, those two are really good players. Both of them have turned out really, really well. That would have been an awesome draft if the Packers had been able to do that. But it just trying to get out of the echo chamber that becomes some of the, and this is a lot of stuff, and I'm as guilty of it as anyone else is, you know, but I think that that's what, that's the biggest thing I think you can get from what we get is our guys are giving their own opinions based on their opinions and what they've watched on, you know, the film study that we're able to do. And we're open to discussion and conversation. Change my mind. I'm not set. It's football. So many things can change. I uh I, I got bad news for you I think um because I didn't know Morley was has lost his mind about Anthony Richardson otherwise I would have given him some crap much sooner than I'm about to but having said that uh Ryan Horvath was able to do the last Kurt Long podcast the one that released on Friday and he said uh that the odds all of a sudden completely dropped for Richardson going number one overall it's now uh, all the way down to plus seven hundred which means that there is obviously some chatter going on about whoever the team is trying to get up there at one. Now, who knows who that team is? Could be Carolina, could be Indy. Who knows who's trying to get up there uh, to go get that player at one? Uh, but he's so raw, it's going to take him forever, probably. Two, three years. Now, again, if you have a Hall of Fame quarterback like Rodgers and you can sit there and let him develop and, and get to that point, great. Um, or you draft him and hope he's Justin Fields and that he just runs all over the field and doesn't have to throw the ball a lot and, He's able to keep you in games that way. But, yes, I'm more along the lines with you. Um, Ryan Horvath and I are big C.J. Stroud guys. That would be our guy if we were going number one overall or needed a franchise quarterback. Who would it be for you? 
Yeah, it's Stroud. Uh, and, and that's saying something coming from me. I am a diehard Michigan Wolverines fan. So Oof. Ohio State's not my favorite team. Um, they're not my second favorite team. They're very far down that list uh, as far as people go. But I watched Stroud uh, from the start of the year. Didn't have the greatest game to end his season against Michigan. And I feel like that had everybody like kind of sour on him pretty quickly. But then he, Georgia, if their kicker makes a 50-yard field goal, C.J. Stroud, they would have beaten TCU. They would have won the national championship. And I think Stroud is being talked about as the slam dunk yep. first-round pick. I think Bryce Young is good. I like him as well. Uh, those are the two guys at the top, Stroud and Young, for me. Uh, I just think that it's – I do worry about Young's size. And I know people are like, oh, who cares? Kyler Murray's smaller. You know, just it's – there are outliers for things. Kyler Murray has struggled with injuries. Bryce Young is thinner, not as thick. as. And he doesn't a, want to add weight. That's the other thing. Him and his people don't want to add a bunch of weight to his body because they think it's going to affect them. That's the other thing that scares me a little bit is I don't think they really want to add a lot of weight to him. No, and that's why, like, I, I think it's possible that you see, you know, right now most of your mocks have Young going first or second off the board. I wouldn't be completely surprised if a world exists where you know, team trades up to one, they take Stroud or Will Levis from Kentucky, and then the next team takes Stroud. And you see Young kind of with Anthony Richardson as that third or fourth guy that comes off the board. He's going to be dissected. Um, that being said, his ability in the pocket, he is a good distributor. The quarterback portion of things is fine. I just worry about his durability long-term. But, yeah, C.J. Stroud is that guy for me. I think he's the best quarterback in this class. I don't think it's a huge gap between him and Young. I think there's a decent sized gap between Young, Stroud, and uh, the next two guys, which are Will Levis and, and Anthony Richardson. So that's the first question. Would you be good uh, with the Packers drafting another quarterback? And if so, who and when? Uh, the podcast that we did on Wednesday, Curry Long Podcast, I was flying solo because Horvat was in bad shape again. Uh, and every Wednesday, we do a different mock draft. We go to Pro Football Focus, we do the mock simulator, and we do it live during the podcast, whatever. And I went into that one saying, I'm going to, I'm drafting offense. I only did three rounds. I'm drafting offense and I'm trading both quarterbacks on draft day. I'm moving them both and I'm going to try and get up and get a different quarterback. So I did. I ended up going up uh, and getting Stroud. And then I was still able to get JSN and the offensive tackle from Ohio State all uh, sitting there in the first two rounds. So I went with the Ohio State trio. Love gone, Rogers gone. Do I think Gunnakuns will do that? Absolutely not. There's absolutely no chance that he's going to be that aggressive uh, in doing that. I like that idea of getting him and JSN mainly because that's like the Burrow Jamar chase thing. You already have Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. But what I like about it is yes, it's a rookie quarterback. Yeah. He may take some lumps, but I like the, uh, the notion in my head of being in the huddle and going, okay, this is a play call and turning to my guy and going, dude, remember that route we ran here at Ohio state in this situation? Go run that. Don't worry about it. I got I got it. Let's go. I like having that chemistry versus a rookie quarterback coming in, having no chemistry with anybody at wide receiver, and then trying to figure it out on the fly. So, again, I don't think Gooden can still do it, um, but that would be something I would be interested in. But I don't want to draft a quarterback early if you're keeping Jordan Love. That I'm completely against. Wait till day three if you're going to take a quarterback. I don't need a quarterback controversy year one of Jordan Love. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, some, I mean, I guess the only way that I would be okay with that, I've said this before, if the Packers, if you bring back Aaron Rodgers after an 8-9 and nine season where he looks like he's declined or that the team, you know, whatever, whatever the reasons are, this isn't an Aaron Rodgers podcast, but if they bring him back, in my opinion, that's a referendum, an indictment, whatever word you want to use on Jordan Love. Now, if Rodgers just comes back and says, hey, I don't want to be here under any circumstances, get me out of here, and they still think Jordan Love stinks, I don't think they actually think that, but if they do, then yeah, if C.J. Stroud's there and falls into your lap at whatever pick you get for Aaron Rodgers, 13 from the Jets, 7 from the Raiders, whatever, yeah, pick him. Because you watch around the league all the time. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. The two teams that played for the Super Bowl this year, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, they finished 1-2 and in MVP voting this year. Like, if you don't have the guy, you need to be trying to find the guy. Now, that being said, I think they think Jordan Love is good. I'd like to see him get an actual chance because the best path for this Packers team is one of two things. One, Jordan Love's good. They know they have their guy. The other path is Jordan Love's bad. They know he's bad. They have the gumption to move on from him after one season and are in position to pick the next guy next year, whoever that may be when this draft hits. That being said, if they, I, I do think if they trade Aaron Rodgers or if they don't, one of those quarterbacks, I can't – I just can't see a way that both of them are on the team next year. I just don't think that is going to work. It's not fair to love maybe no, the Packers. I've talked about this before. I'll give you my scenario. I've given it to 100 other people, including Morley, I think. This is what I do. If Rodgers wants to come back, okay, look, you're back. This is it, though. We're done. This is last year. We're done. We don't have to make it public that we're done after this year, but this is it. Now, maybe they told Rodgers this before last year that he was done after this year. And nobody knows. And maybe that's why him and Cobb were all emotional after game, knowing it was done for Rodgers. So maybe this agreement was already made. But let's say it wasn't. So, Aaron, okay, this is it. Then you go to Jordan Love and go, your fifth-year option, we understand. But we want you to be our guy. We're going to get through this year with 12. Watson and Dobbs have another year of experience, which would be better for you when you get in there. We're going to go draft some more offensive help, tight end, maybe another wide receiver and some offensive linemen in the draft. And we're going to give you a three-year extension. So we're going to give you five, year five, year six, year seven. We're going to pay you top 15 in the NFL. So we'll pay you 15 to $20 million a year for a, a new three-year deal at I don't know, three years at 50 million uh, extension to keep you to say, you're my guy. I think if you do that, I think Jordan Love goes, cool with me. I'll wait one more year because I'm going to get paid regardless. And now I'm financially set. I'll wait. I know I'm going to get my chance. I just got to wait one more year. I think we're good. If they don't do that, and they just play it out and let him walk away or try to trade him, then, yeah, then I think it gets messy. I, then it gets real messy because then you don't have a quarterback of the future behind uh, Aaron Rodgers. You don't dare draft a quarterback of the future if you're going all in for one more year this year because then the goal has to be about how do we win now. It's not about the following year. So I think you're really screwed up if it goes that way. Yeah, there's there's a lot of balls in the air when it comes to stuff like that. To, uh, to get back, either way, I think they draft a guy – uh, day two, day three, um, I think is where you're looking at. Either way, um, I wouldn't use the pick necessarily because I, what I don't want for Jordan Love is Jordan Love has already got so much focus on him. And I don't want them to do the Brian Brown thing where they pick a guy with a premium pick 
And all of a sudden it's like, well, do they actually right. believe in Jordan Love? Or is he looking over his shoulder at, you know, whoever the guy is? You know, the guy that I've kind of taken a liking to is one of them later on picks is Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. I think he's got some moxie. I think he's got some toughness. He's got somebody, he's somebody that profiles as a good backup. And I think that a lot of people get stuck on this idea that a quarterback pick is only worthwhile if he's going to be your starter. Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, what you want out of a backup is if we're playing, you know, four or five games, can he win two or three of them? Right. Brock Purdy is going to become the new idea of like, who's the next Brock Purdy? It's like, well, nobody, because Brock Purdy was in the perfect, perfect situation when he stepped in. Nobody else is going to have that kind of thing when they come in. So that would be me. I'd be looking for the backup. Um, if it's Rodgers that's back for one more year, then yeah, unfortunately, I think what they're going to do is be stuck on the New Orleans Saints thing where, you know, next year's quarterback is going to be some random veteran like Gardner Minshew or Taylor Heineke or, you know, whoever that guy is. And you can't draft a guy early because like you said, you already did that once. And if Rodgers is coming back, you know, this is it. It's one year. That's it. Right. All we've got left. So drafting a quarterback that high, that flies in the face of any sort of logic, but Brian Gutekunst has done a lot of things that fly in the face of logic. So who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. Who does know? All right, let's go on to the second topic here. I Kurt and log download wherever you download your favorite podcast. Obviously, Fountains once tell your friends, tell your family members. Are you okay with the Packers trading up in the first round? And if so, for who? Who are you okay with them trading up for, Jacob Westendorf? Yeah, so some of this depends on how many picks do they have. You know, do they have just pick number 15 for the sake of this discussion? I'll leave out the Aaron Rodgers trade scenario because I do. I think the people that are suggesting Rodgers won't get them a first round pick are crazy. So that's that's part of it. So I think if they trade Rodgers, they'll have two. But let's just say that they don't. Uh, Yes, I am okay with it. Uh, And if I were, Tyree Wilson is one. uh, Miles Murphy's the other. I think those two pass rushers are kind of their Packers aren't going to be able to trade up from 15 far enough to get. Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, barring a gas mask photo like Laramie Tunsil had that one particular draft right. night all those years ago. So those are the two guys that I'm thinking of there. You know, offensive players, I just I know receiver is a popular thing. Uh, I just don't know if there's a receiver worth a top ten pick in this year's class. You know, Quentin Johnston, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Jordan Addison. Those guys are nice players. If they fell to fifteen. Probably okay with Addison or Smith and Jigba. Uh, Johnston, I'd like, and honestly, even some of those guys, I'd like them to just move back if they're going to go that route. But they've been sniped for picking those guys before, too. So I'd kind of understand if they wanted to overdraft a guy. Um, But I think, yeah, that's where you look. Big people. You know, for me, if I'm trading up for players in the first round, most of the time my philosophy is quarterbacks, offensive tackles, pass rushers. You know, otherwise – those are just the positions I think you're going to get the most bang for your buck. And I think that's where the most, uh, the most important positions are. So those would be the guys for me. I, I think offensive tackle is where I'm at right now because Bakhtiari has got one more year. And then I'm guessing they move on from David Bakhtiari. And then you're going to need a left tackle. Yash and I have been struggled at right tackle uh, this year. So even if you say, well, Yash is better at left than right, fine. Then you still need a right tackle going forward. Yes, you have Zach Tom. I think he's probably better inside than he is outside. I'm not sure what the Packers think. Uh, but yeah, hopefully... I think I think Tom's a center. Like I think that's his best position. I think he can play tackle, but long term, he, he's just so like from the waist down, he's just so lean. Yes, it's hard to imagine him being able to play tackle that way. So usually, your undersized guys like that probably not good enough at guard. But I think he can play center. And the Packers don't necessarily have a long term starter there. I'm sure they'll give Josh Myers every benefit of the doubt. 
but Zach Tom to me is, yeah, I think he's a center that could play tackle in a pinch kind of thing like he did last year. Right. So moving up for a tackle, that would make sense. The problem is, uh, to a certain degree, is there's quite a few of them in the first round, arguably. Uh, and if you want to tackle, you could probably sit at 15 and still get a probably a decent tackle, I would think, Jacob. Yeah, th- Peter Skaronsky, uh, Broderick Jones from Georgia, um, Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones. There's or, there's a bunch of guys that, that are possibilities there. I do think one would fall, um, you know, as we sit here right now to where that could go. But if you really like one over the other one, you know, I'm never going to fault the team for going to get their guy Correct. Um, if, it, if it makes some sense. You know, like, for example, we've had all this debate for years on the Jordan Love pick. And, oh, should they have traded up to get him? Well, I'll tell you what, if he's a franchise quarterback, we're not going to be missing that fourth-round pick at all. Maybe some people will. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think the offensive tackle situation is interesting because on the surface right now they have a lot of depth in those spots. Elton Jenkins theoretically could still play tackle. I think he better at guard as well, but he could possibly play tackle for them. We talked about Zach Tom. Yosh Nyman, I think he's a replacement level player on either side of the offensive line, left or right tackle. I mean, what? and that's that's got a lot of value, trust me, because, I mean, you remember probably like the 2015 season where there was a part where their tackles during the game were Don Barclay and Josh Walker. That was legitimately terrible. Like Aaron Rodgers nearly died on national television. It was hard to watch. So replacement level has some value to it. It's just, he's not a plus start. And this is why I'm anti moving on for Bakhtiari is I don't care how much money he makes. I don't care who the quarterback is. I think you have to protect Jordan love. And when Bakhtiari plays, he's David Bakhtiari. And that knee has caused him to miss one game since he came back. That's it. Just one. So, Maybe there's some leeriness long-term. I could certainly understand that thought process. But, yeah, I think your offensive tackles, it's never a bad idea to pick one. It's never a bad idea. You can never have too many quality offensive linemen. I think Gutekunst has proven that that's part of his philosophy over the last, what, four years since he's been the GM. It'll be interesting. I, I don't know if they move on from Bakhtiari because of performance. I think they'd move on from Bakhtiari because of contract and size, trying to free up some money. I, I think that's how they end up doing this because they're going to have to pay Jordan Love here. I mean – it may only be on one year performance or whatever the case may be, but if he's your guy, you're not going to let him go into the fifth year uh, as a lame duck. Like you're going to extend right. them probably after this upcoming season, if that's what you're going to do. And then that money is going to kick in probably right off the bat. Maybe you push it down the road a little bit and get Bakhtiari two years. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. I love Bakhtiari. He's one of my favorites. Uh, okay. What do you think is a bigger need early in the draft? Tight end. Or a wide receiver, a lot of people uh, around the country mocking uh, Mayor from Notre Dame at tight end. However, I just talked with Chad Ryder uh, of NFL.com and Daniel Jeremiah, too. They both have Mayor going beyond the Packers pick towards uh, the end of the first round now and falling down, um, which is interesting. Kincaid now being the first tight end off the board because he's more of a pass catching threat, I guess, than Mayor, who's being compared to Gronkowski, I guess, to a certain degree. Uh, so at 15, there'll be a tight end for sure there at 15 if they want, or one of those other wide receivers that you had talked about. Which one do you think is a bigger need early on in the draft? I think they can go either way, honestly, and I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but I don't think they're good enough. They're definitely not good enough in the tight end room. There's nobody in it. Uh, they have Tyler Davis and Josiah DeGuara. That is it. DeGuara not really a tight end. Tyler Davis a special teams player, if that. Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tunyon remains to be seen. Even if they bring those guys back, I think they need to draft at least one, if not more. But the receiver room to me, Lazard, 
probably gone. Randall Cobb, if Rodgers is gone, probably gone. They've got Christian Watson, who had some really good moments last year. I don't want to undersell Christian Watson's impact on the team. But he only played half a season. He was in and out with injuries. There were some adjustments made to him as the season progressed. I remember this time last year, we were all excited about the second-year jump from Eric Stokes. Yes. And it never happened. Now, Stokes only played six games. Maybe it would have happened further. Not suggesting that'll happen to Watson, but growth isn't linear is kind of the saying that it works. So it doesn't mean Watson's going to just stay on this Randy Moss-esque trajectory. Maybe he will. I'm excited to see an offense built around him for an entire offseason. Romeo Dobbs, probably a secondary receiver on a championship team. Wide receiver three, wide receiver four kind of type. A wide receiver two on an offense that probably isn't good enough to win a championship. And Samari Toure and Bo Melton are lottery tickets. So I think Green Bay needs more help in both of those rooms. Uh, I think that the depth of the class as it goes later helps with the tight end position just because it takes a while for tight ends to get going anyways. So if they can grab a couple of those guys and let them develop, I think that's better off that way. As far as early, which was your question, I just think the high impact comes from receivers earlier in the draft than it typically – like Watson was a second-round pick. You know, the Packers – have this lineage for all the mockery they get of them not taking receivers in the first round. Their second round lineage is better than a lot of teams first. round. Yes. So it's very good on that front. If they pick a guy in the second round, it's kind of like when they pick an offensive lineman in the fourth round, I just assume that player is going to be really good. So I think that's something, you know, we talked about three guys. Kayshawn Booty from LSU is another guy that I like quite a bit. There's some stuff that gives you a little bit of pause, but if you think the team can help him mature, Really fast, really explosive. Jalen Hyatt, that's a Morley favorite. You know, the Packers have, yeah, they have a lot of options. So, but I think that, you know, the NFL, unless you have, when it comes to tight ends, if you have Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, then like, awesome, that's great. The rest of the tight end, oh, Mark Andrews is the other one. The rest of the tight ends around the league, it's pretty much just like, okay, are you good enough? Let me ask you this. Would you, would you contemplate, because this is something else I've talked about, possibly, of taking Kincaid and then trading back up into the first to get Mayer and going essentially two tight ends in this draft and kind of being like New England, where you got two really good tight ends, you got a good ground game, you've got one guy that can take the top off the ball uh, or top off uh, defense in Watson already. Dobbs, maybe you draft another wide receiver later. But that way you get two tight ends in this draft to give you two different elements of, of what you want to do. And it would be something a little bit completely different for how most of these offenses are built nowadays. Yeah, I'd be interested in something like that, especially with, you know, as, as many two tight end sets that LaFleur likes to run. And if Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback, then they're going to have more stuff like that uh, because it is, it's just Jordan Love is kind of to a T what LaFleur wants, likes, whatever you want to call it in a quarterback. Whereas Aaron Rodgers, he was, you know, Rodgers grew up in a spread offense. He likes the, you know, spread the receivers around the field, stuff like that. I'd be interested um, is that the best use of resources? I don't know. But if you told me at the end of the draft, like, hey, the Packers got Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer, I'm like, hey, that's kind of the best of both worlds. Uh, I would imagine that they probably had to get them with each of their first two picks. But so be it, man. It's going to be a lot of fun in two or three years once those guys come into their own. No doubt. The other thing I don't understand about Goody, and I, it would not scare me at all. I would be willing to trade a future one to get another one. If I wanted a second player in the first round, like I would be totally fine. If if we were at the end of the first round and the other team was like, all right, what are you going to give me? I'm not giving you my second, but I'll give you a fourth in my one next year. 
to get another one at the end of the first round and still be able to keep that second round pick to get a wide receiver, an offensive tackle or a defensive player or whatever. But I just, I feel like Goody really is not a huge fan of necessarily trading future ones. Uh, usually. Yeah. He never, he never has. Um, the only time I can think of where it came up to something that now this is obviously in hindsight that made perfect sense would have been if he had traded up to get Justin Jefferson right. in that draft where he took Jordan Love. Didn't happen. I'm sure that's been discussed once or twice uh, since it didn't happen. That being said, uh, it does kind of depend on on what it's for. You know, those first round picks are really valuable, um, especially to a team like the Packers who, and maybe this is, maybe this is flawed all the way together, but they're not going to spend in free agency like the Philadelphia Eagles or, you know, a team that, that traditionally spends quite a bit in free agency. So those picks become even more important that way. That being said, you know, if there's a pass rusher, if there's not those positions I talked about earlier, OT pass rusher quarterback that you want to move up and get something like that. Yeah. I'd be willing to do something like that for tight ends and, and receivers and stuff like that. I just think you can find too many guys to where the bang for your buck isn't necessarily going to be there. And sometimes that burns you. I just mentioned Justin Jefferson. Green Bay didn't get any receivers in that draft class, which is still baffling to me that it worked out that way, but it did. Um, and that's one example of that. I'm sure most of them, though, like sometimes it's you traded two first-round picks for Marcus Davenport, like the Saints did with the Packers. That didn't work out that well for them. Yep. All right, let's uh, move on. Last topic. In a perfect world for you, Jacob Wessendorf, follow him on Twitter, Jacob Wessendorf. How does this draft play out for you? Now, again, Combine uh, is coming up, uh, you know, this week. Uh, so there's still a lot of time between now and the NFL draft, the end of April. But in a perfect world right now, how does this draft play out for you? And you could add in your Rodgers scenario of what you'd want there, too, obviously, because that has to fall into it. Yeah, it's it's time to move on. Um, it's time to move on from Aaron Rodgers. I think that. I, I thought that last year as well, but I also said that understanding no team is trading the reigning league MVP. Like just if you're upset about the fact that they didn't, no other general manager in football is going to do that. Not one. Now this year's different. So the hall is going to be less. I understand that, but I think they get at least a pick. My perfect scenario is they trade him to the Raiders. The Raiders give pick number seven and then, you know, whatever the package looks like after that. I've, I've kind of been using the, format of two picks and a player so whether that's a first and a second a first this year and a first next year and then the player the player that seems to be connected is darren waller so i'll throw that in there with darren waller and now you've got a tight end risk for the future um you got pick seven and pick 15 perfect scenario from there i mentioned one of those pass rushers tyree wilson and miles murphy at pick number seven one of those guys is there pick number 15 peter skaronsky from northwestern he can play tackle he can play guard. I think that that's a guy that they've now fortified their play in the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And if you watch the Super Bowl, Chiefs and Eagles, both of them, yeah, they've got some shiny toys and stuff like that too. And I'll get to that here in just a minute. But I think it's dominating the line of scrimmage. And that's something that the Packers haven't been able to do. Um, you know, even the year that they had both of the Smiths and Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary coming into its own, it wasn't a dominant unit. Right. Never been overly dominant, in my opinion, on the offensive line, save for 2014, that group that had sitting in Lang and Bakhtiari's a baby and Brian Balaga. But I think that that's, that's your best bet early. Um, I'm a big fan of picking big guys early. Then you get later. I worry about this because I don't know. I, I think he's going to run like a 4-2 or a 4-3 based on what people are saying. But if Jalen Hyatt is possible at 45, I think that's part of your answer yep. um, as the receiver goes. 
And then in the third round, my rule for third round picks until they get one that doesn't suck, basically, is running backs, because those positions are really hard to bust out at, traded for veterans or traded to move up uh, in another round or something like that. So in this case, since I'm sticking and picking, uh, I would say grab a running back um, and, and figure out, you know, whoever that is at that given. But it's got to be somebody, in my opinion, that's able to play in the passing game and is more explosive because I think A.J. Dillon probably in his last year with the team, Aaron Jones might last another year after this year, but I don't see a reason at this moment to give A.J. Dillon a second contract. Would you, because let's say that trade happens where you said it, now you have two second-round picks then. Uh, so what is that other pick in the second round you're looking to fill then? Sure. So if I have the other second round pick, if it's a, a second this year instead of a first next year, um, so just for the sake of your right. question, then I'm, I'm trying to snag one of them tight ends. If it's, you know, is it Darnell Washington? There's some whispers about maybe uh, not necessarily Packers people. I don't know anything. He's Mercedes Lewis. I mean, he may not be Mercedes Lewis, the person, but he's Mercedes Lewis, the athlete for the most part, more of a run blocker, space eater type guy. Maybe throw guy throw up in the red zone, throw a ball up. But you're saying he's not Packer people, which that's all a bunch of crap. If you ask me about what a Packer, yeah, it, is. yeah, it could way. be. I mean, yeah, they drafted Devontae Wyatt last year, and he doesn't typically yeah. fit under Packers people. Quay Walker got ejected for shoving non-players twice. So I mean, yeah, I understand the point there. It's possible. That's one guy, uh, Tucker Craft from South. The one guy Morley loves him. Luke Musgrave scares the crap out of me. Uh, I don't know if you know. There are some people. I think it was. I can't remember who it was had him mocked to Green Bay at 15. And my first thought was absolutely not. There is not a chance that I think that guy is a first-round pick on that stuff. I like Sam Laporta from Iowa. You know, I think – so if Green Bay has three picks on day two, that's where I think you load up on offense. I got a, I got a line of scrimmage player in both of my first-round picks. Grab a receiver and a tight end with your second-round picks, and then your third-round pick is used either, like I said, for a running back or trading up to go get – you know, if I got to use a second round pick and that third to go up and get Jalen Hyatt or Dalton Kincaid or whoever's the guy that's still there that we're all like, oh my gosh, that guy's still on the board. Yeah, go grab that guy because they're going to need something to do. Uh, they need, they don't have enough playmaking on either side of the ball. They definitely don't have enough playmaking on offense. I lied one more. What if that guy is the running back out of Texas, Robinson? If he's still there in the second round, somebody screwed up. Uh, and I know the whole like don't I know the whole don't pick running backs in the right. first round thing, whatever. But that guy is what best running back prospect since I can't even go that far back. I mean, he is phenomenal. I I tend to think that teams when teams have two first round picks, I think they use that second one as like a this isn't something we would normally do type of thing. Uh, I've had him pencil marked for the Eagles. Oh, I can't uh, have that. We can't have that. Let him go to Kansas City or Buffalo. You can't have him in Philadelphia. Oh, my God. Oh, my no. God. If, if he goes to Philadelphia, they'll never punt. Like, they don't oh have to punt. God. They'll never have to punt again. But if he's there in the second round and Green Bay can – yes, I know that goes against, like, whatever the new age conventional wisdom is. I do not care. That guy is a player. And he's a top five to ten prospect in this draft. The only reason he would be there is because of the position he plays. That's the only reason. Yeah, that's good stuff. Jacob Wessendorf, go to his timeline, at Jacob Wessendorf on Twitter. Go pay the, what is it, eight ninety nine. Sign up, get that draft guy when they have it all ready to go. Him and Jacob Morley and Ross Uglum, uh, they do a great job. Get it, and I guarantee you all these guys will be on the Curry Long podcast or my interviews for 1250 AM, the fan, uh, between now and the draft. We'll continue to promote it for them because uh, they're all good dudes and they know what the hell they're talking about. Jacob, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Sparky. I'll see you again.